You're listening to the New Utah Podcast with your hosts, Bree. People can say my name and I still don't pay attention. Chris. This is what happens when your number one health concern in the state is porn. Jeremy. Flicks it and then walks out and just kicks the living crap out of whoever. And Julia. This week on Julia does everything that's embarrassing. That's me. Well... People handing me shit right as I'm supposed to say the episode number. That's okay because Julia said something. Yeah, she she made up for my distraction. Episode 330. 330 episodes. That's a lot of episodes. 330. That is not prime. In case you were wondering. It's not a prime. It's divisible by three and ten and two. The easiest check first is two. Yeah. Is it even? But but for 330, three is pretty easy to... Go, oh, yeah, three yeah. goes into 3.30. Yeah, well, you know, that's the way, that's the way things happen. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't know. It's been a day. What can I say? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Bees? So, bees are doing great. I did a, a check of the bees over the weekend. Because we haven't really talked about them for a while. Well, and it's been so hot. It's, it, yeah. They don't give a fuck about the heat. They, Does beeswax melt? It will, yeah. So... I mean, when, I know it will melt. When I, well, so, for example, when I was checking the hive over the weekend, um, the, they, they, they attach it to the sides and it tends to come apart. And when I lifted it, it came apart a little bit. Those areas where it came apart, it was hot enough that by the time it was done, it, the honey was melting. Yeah, because it's so hot. So, yeah, it's hot. So, but so when you harvest, you got to wait until it's a little bit cooler, right? A little bit cooler. Yeah. And, and you don't want to take too much. And I know I've talked about this in years past, yeah. but but you don't want to take too much because you want to leave some enough that for them to winter. Winter, probably. but I've probably got six bars ready to go. Really, six that you can take. Six that I can take. That's, that's awesome. That's they did so well. Hopefully, they'll winter for you because it's a good colony. I'm hoping this year. so. This one's been one of my better colonies. They've done really well. I mean, you haven't had one properly winter for like four years. or No, because so. the ones that the previous year that wintered, then they died in the yeah. spring. So yeah, fingers, fingers crossed. crossed. So, fingers crossed. So, yeah, I'm hoping. Like six to ten quarts would be amazing. I think twelve has be been my biggest. You guys are low in your stockpile. Yeah, because it's been a couple of years since we've actually harvested. We you had know, that little mini harvest earlier in the year, but that was just a few of those little jars. And I will say, the presentation on those little jars with the honeycomb—that's why it's still on our counter. It's, it's absolutely gorgeous. It's like, cool. It's so, so beautiful. I, I ordered them on Amazon and. To be honest, they're a little smaller than I thought they were going to be, but they're perfect for giving away. Yeah, they're perfect, like the little, like the small jelly jars or yep. whatever. They're great. And the, the honeycomb in them, it just looks beautiful. So I think this time, usually I don't keep the honeycomb, but I think I'm going to maybe a dozen or so of those little jars. So that you can I'll just it. cut off a little bit. I mean, for me, it's actually easier because it fills the jar yeah, halfway up. Yeah, it's less up. honey that you're wasting by giving it away, but <laughs> it is really, the, the, the presentation's beautiful. It actually so. has a little paper that goes over it. And a little honey stick and stuff. And I just, I didn't put it on those because I was, it, it was just a, a little quick. But. Should do something clever like I did when I did my sauced up gift for everyone. My sauce. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get sauced. Oh, maybe I didn't do that for the friends. No, we did. I thought that was just for my work people. The get nope. sauced thing. I yeah, know. you did. It was for everybody. So, yeah. Well, really I know excited. I did sauce for everyone. I just didn't know if I did that label. The label for was for everybody. Okay. Really excited about that. The garden's been pretty much a flop this year, but I am very pleased. I, I'll take my bees 
producing over my garden any year. Oh yeah, the bees actually don't give a shit if your garden fruits. They'll they'll get in there and well, because it, it flowered, everything yeah. flowered, and that's all they care about. I mean, yeah. we had the, the usual thousand dandelions, which is kind of surprising actually that everything flowered and you keep bees and you and didn't still. get more fruit because that's that's the challenge, right? You have to get especially with like squashes, you have to get right. the male flower well, and the corn. Corn, most definitely. Oh, yeah. Cause the, squash is the plural of squash. No. Corn has to be pollinated. Because there is no yeah. longer such thing as male and female corn. Our our manipulation of corn has yeah, gotten rid of There is no way for corn to reproduce. Not, not the kind that you eat anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I know. It's it's crazy. We have bees well, in, like, in the early season when everything was flowering. Like, the, the whole, like, apple tree was just alive. With oh, yeah, that was really cool to see. Bees, but. I, it's it's just the heat. It's got to be just this relentless heat. Yeah, the it's relentless supposed to heat. Break, start breaking tomorrow. Yeah, get a little bit. Well, cooler. when people hear this, hopefully it's been cool for two weeks. So. That's cool, true. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, so yeah, really excited about the bees. So um, when I get back from my Texas trip, that's the plan to, to do a harvest. So so good, 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 good. Um, someone put this on here. I think it's a. I I forgot how late in the month it was going. To I be, did. But. I did. So. I think it's a good idea. List it because because this is going to come out the last second to last week of September. Last week of September. September, and so most of the haunted houses are open. I think they'll all be open at this point. Most of them are weekends in September. Some at the beginning of September. Some towards the middle. But by the end of September, those last couple of weekends, they're all open. And then, of course, all of October. So I thought we should probably do our list of. Of the haunted houses, and that list I found actually had the entry prices. Sometimes they list. Yeah, it it's not a like very that. extensive list, though. There's actually a lot fewer than I thought there would be on here. It didn't list all of the like weird corn mazes and stuff. Yeah, this is more of just the haunts. The core, I think it's the t- the top ten main so, haunted houses. We've got, I think, all of our favorite, which is Asylum Forty Nine. Yep. Like hands down, amazing haunted house. It's and this, I, the space is. I haven't heard if they're doing full contact and all that this year. I know because of COVID, they weren't able to do it. Didn't they like declare COVID as the flu now? I mean, it says in their description that it will. Um, and yeah, the COVID's basically going to start getting treated. I like felt the like flu. the CDC like a few weeks ago or a month ago or something said. The COVID is the flu now. Yeah, well, they said it was going to be treated like the flu. It is not the flu, yeah, to be no. clear. It's a different kind of disease, but, but it's likely to be around for the long that you haul. You just get vaccinated like you do against the flu and each year and yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. So anyway. but I, So I'm sure the, the listing indicates that there is full contact. Um, and it's not a extra fee for full contact, by the way, at Asylum 49, like it is at some places. So it's $25 is what they have it listed at right now. They'll beat you for free. Yep. Drag you off all you They just like put a, a glowy thing on you. However, I've got to say $25. If you are into haunted houses, Asylum 49 is worth every penny. And it's worth the drive. 100% worth the drive out to Tooele to, to go to it. Uh, Castle of Chaos, uh, out in Midvale. That one's um, fun. That was like my first haunted house. It's a pretty good haunted house. The, Besides the haunted corn maze, that one sucks. <laughs> the actors are 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 pretty fantastic over there. Um, they do have a bunch of different levels at that haunted house. So they'll do a bunch of different levels of, you know, can they grab you and take you into other rooms? Or, you know, do they let you walk through with the lights on because you're with two-year-old kids because you're a dipshit taking two-year-old kids to a haunted house? Yeah, really un- under... In my opinion, thirteen fourteen is probably about 
of where you would start taking it's kids. It's like the worst fucking age to take, too. Younger Those than stupid that. stupid middle school kids are the worst at haunted houses. Yeah. But younger than that, it's like, no. that That's my opinion. Yeah. I guess it kind of depends on your kid. I don't even remember how young I started taking my kids. Well, I was watching like B-rate horror films with my mom at seven. <laughs> you were so, a whole different circumstance, though. Yeah. You, you, Kristen, you don't count when it comes to Kristen, my <laughs> my youngest daughter, like Chris is, has enough similarities. Like he has as many similarities, I would say, as her actual biological dad. Like they are, they have so many weird similarities. Well, like surprises. Julia, me. You, you were around 15, 16. When we took my that was like my thirteenth birthday party because I was in middle school. That was like my first year middle school. And you wanted to go, whereas yeah, I wanted to, and then all my friends were so scared, and I thought it was hilarious. Maya was probably eighteen before she went to one. Hannah just never wanted to go. Jonathan wants to go, so yeah, I've been to the haunted cornmaze like three or four times. Depends on depends on the kid. Anyway, back to our list. Yeah, this list sold by the way. This is two thousand nineteen, so these prices are probably wrong. Well, no, if you look, it was updated August thirtieth. Yeah, I don't know what updated means because the descriptions August third, first off, and two, the descriptions are from like, oh, this was updated in twenty nineteen. Like speaking about so the pricing I'm not even talking about pricing. Sorry. But these are the haunted houses. My guess is most of them will be open. Uh, Dead City Haunted House. I've never been to that one. It keeps popping up on lists. It. It's the one out in Murray. So I think I might try to go to I've, that haunted house this year. That's I. That's one that I've heard of and never been to. I've been to most of them, but yeah, I've never been to that one. There's Spear Factory and the Cement Factory. You can't miss it when you're driving on I-15 towards downtown. That one's awesome. And I, I, in years past, they had the um, zip line as part of it. So it's like a special VIP thing. And you could, oh, yeah, Sean did that one. Yeah. I suspect I'll still yeah. have that. Um, Haunted Forest, one of my favorites um, in terms of haunted houses. It's mostly outdoors. There is some indoors, um, but it's fun because it's in actual woods and it's outside. I really like that one. It's fantastic. And then right? it ends in the little farmhouse thingy, but you only go through. Yeah, and the entertainment when you're waiting in line is the best entertainment of any of the haunted houses when you're waiting in line. They have all these animatronics, like singing songs and doing fun shit. It's it's a really great line if you're going to keep in. The Haunted Circus, so it's, a, it's been a couple years since I've been to the Haunted Circus, but that one had a really good, like, they actually had line cue thing. A bands about three years, three, four years ago, they actually had, like, local rock bands playing, and so they had a fairly decent lion experience while you're waiting to get in. Bree, were you going to say something? I was going to, but I think I'm on the same list that Jeremy found. Okay. Yeah, (laughs) so there's uh, some more. There's a haunted Halloween haven in Spanish Fork. Um, I think it's just like a little garage haunt, so I wouldn't expect if that's going to be open or not. Um, There's the Haunted Hollow Trail of Terror, which it used to be the Haunted Forest in Ogden. Yeah. Now it's called the Haunted Hollow. I don't know if like it was a company that sold off part of it or what. I don't know if it's the same people or not. But it is another haunted forest essentially. Um, and those they're just a, it's a really cool experience to go through those. I really like those. They they have, in my opinion, bigger and better displays because it's outside, so they can set up much larger areas whereas inside which is also cool but you're limited to the rooms yeah uh there's a black island farms up in syracuse another outdoor haunt there's nightmare on 13th which Mm -hmm. is one of the perennial haunted houses on 13th south and across the street from walmart uh over by the ballpark yeah over by the Um, bees there's night stalkers which 
Night Stalkers, I think, is that fucking weird corn maze too out in West Jordan, um, over off of like, I want to say it's off 90th. Yeah, that's the one I that I took Julia to. That was the one that your first one. And obviously the Haunted Circus, like you mentioned. I want to do that one. And I think that Haunted Circus, it it, it moves because it used to be in the parking lot where that boat store was mm-hmm. there in Bluffdale, but yeah. or not Bluffdale, Dra- it's Draper, like Draper, and like right by the but uh, Bangor, by Boondocks. Kind of, yeah. Yes, but a company bought that, and yeah. they're building a high rise. So, so I don't know where it's going to be I, this year. I want to say they're they're down in like Alpine area. They might be like the Lehigh Alpine. So area. which which is like five minutes away. Yeah, it's, just, it's like around a mountain. So. The next exit down. They just need a big field because they just bring in the flatbeds with all the different pieces and set them up, which is cool because they work on them year round. So they add three or four different trailers every year, and it's pretty cool. It's one of the. It, it, it's pretty cool. So those are all the big ones. There's a few others, like Corn Bellies is a big maze down in Lehigh. Um, that stupid, weird hee-haw farms down in Pleasant Grove Does always it, appears on the list. Uh, Thanksgiving Point usually do some sort of a something or no, I don't know. Well, or, and Lagoon will do something. Yeah, yeah Lagoon, Lagoon does Frightmares. Um, one thing I will say, if you are going to a haunted house and you are older and you don't want to wait in line with all the fucking idiot children, which that's the thing about haunted houses now that I can't stand. Um, you should pay for the pass, like the VIP pass. Yeah. Oh, yeah, It's yeah, usually yeah. like ten to fifteen dollars more. You, so mostly kids that are like on dates aren't going to spend thirty dollars more to do it because they get to spend, you know, yeah, thirty to fifty minutes in line. That's what uh, they want, hanging though. out with each other. Yeah. Um. Otherwise, I would uh, I would pay that and skip the line because it's it's definitely a lot better being faster. Yeah. So. Haunted houses in Utah, amazing. We've talked about it before. So get out there and enjoy. Yeah, Brie gave me another list. She's going to go let her guest in, and she gave me another list that's uh, basically all the same ones that we already yeah. talked about. <laughs> so, um, I mean, those are the big ones. Uh, our guest a couple of weeks ago um, on the on the air was talking about how interesting it is that Utah has such a big haunted house scene, and it's, that's not normal. It's very unique. There's a few other areas. I think Pennsylvania, a couple other states have larger Halloween scenes, but Utah in the western United States is... Yeah, also I, I will say, too, if you want to go and have a better experience, go early in the season, like the end of September, right around now, early October. When they're less busy... Um, you know, still at night is fine, but they're a lot less busy earlier in the season. When you get close to Halloween, especially with Halloween being on like a Monday this year, uh, they're going to be really busy that weekend. If you go on the weekend of Halloween, you're probably going to be like in some of these haunted houses, you're going to be so closely spaced to people yeah. that you're not going to get scared by anything. Um, and you're going to stand in line for an hour to get in. Yeah. And then you're going to walk around and, you know, see all the scares a, ahead of time. And you, yeah. You're going to walk in a herd. <laughs> some of them do it like, like haunted forest does a really good job of uh, haunted forest does a really good job of spacing people because yeah. they have the forest. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, others, others, uh, don't have such a, uh, a good space. Exactly. So. All right. With <laughs> us this week. We... <laughs> sorry. Start again. <laughs> no, I'm not going don't to. Laugh. This is staying in. I don't, okay, I'm not editing this thing. shit out. Well, this is what we're doing. We have, uh, we have Cora, uh, McCann, Cora, Cura. I don't fucking know how to say it. I'm Quora. T- Quora. Like Corey. Like quarantine. Yes. yes. No. Wow, that's messed quarantine up. Quarantine Quora. I'm not crazy about that one, but I'll take it. But quarantine Quora. But everyone knows how to pronounce quarantine, True. unfortunately. Yeah. These days. Yeah. Corey. 
Corey is a much nicer That's term the way than I thought quarantine. it was Corey, but... But then you threw quarantine. But I, I thought there. you were going to hear it as Corey, so... Corey, Corey. Corey, anyway. Corey. So, Corin, uh, Cora. 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 See, I fucking don't even... I don't even know why I try anymore. Uh, it's the rule. He always messes up every name, uh, every episode. John Smith would have had his name fucked up if it was me, so... Uh, <laughs> Why are you all shaking your heads? Because <laughs> it's true. Uh, Julia, you should introduce this person because... Um, you, you just you, did. Well, yeah, but I, like... Like what she does and why like, she's here. She's a re- Like if you want me to introduce what's on here, she's a Reiki master and teacher and alchemist and a trans woman. That's what that's what I have for notes here. That's exactly oh, what I would have just read the notes too. You so also you're have good. herbalists too. I put that down lower though. That was in my other notes. That's your notes, not. Yeah, that's your notes. She does energy stuff and things with plants. But now, Quora. But you said she owns a business too, (laughs) right? Yeah, so that's typically how I introduce people. (laughs) Like the owner of. Yeah, I don't remember her business name. I'm sorry. You're a terrible (laughs) co-host. So So it's not my job to do that. It's my job to find people. (laughs) So my business name is Quantum Lifestyling, but I'm actually working towards building a new type of business where it's Quantum Living Cooperative. I lo- see. That's a good business name. You know why? Because I, I know how to spell quantum. Shut up! <laughs> Shut up! And cooperative. Yeah, I know my business is weird. Okay. You don't know how to spell tincture, though. I don't. And yeah, you spelled it with a K. But I wouldn't give her shit about spelling tincture wrong. But she's put a word out there that no one knows, and it's hard. If to If you even know, say. you know. But that's why I just go by Utah Crystals, and people know what it is. Yeah. You should. Uh, Thanks for the domain idea. Yeah, I was gonna say you should thank me. Twenty for bucks. <laughs> That's what, I should, that's what I should put it in our system. Everyone under. just thinks it's the Paladin altar. Because every time I have to look you up in the system, I just have to do crystal shop Mary. altar. I always say Pleiadian, and I know it's Palladian. not that. Palladian. It's, it's Pleiadian. Is it Pleiadian? Uh-huh. Think of like, like plie, Palladian, like plie, 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 like in ballet. Yeah, I don't know how to spell those either. No, it's spelling. It's not no, spelled that way. Yeah. It's not spelled that way, but it's it's pronounced that way. It's 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 just it's just a star constellation. Oh, so what God. is what is uh, <laughs> what is quantum lifestyling or quantum living? No, we forgot out? the first question. No, I didn't. We'll get there. We'll Fine. get there. So quantum living cooperative is actually what I am envisioning for a holistic cooperative community to where we provide not only all of the means and like information available to anybody who wants to take any particular path, but not only that, as a cooperative, you're actually paying into your own growth and spiritual development. Okay. Okay. So like a non gatekeepy community, basically. Correct. Okay. But as a business somehow. But as a business. Mm-hmm. Think REI for the spiritually minded. <laughs> okay. Okay. I don't like REI, though, so that's probably a bad example. <laughs> it's like saying, think Patagonia. You don't like anything, though, Chris. Yeah, you're not, being very contrary today. That's not true. I like stuff. Stuff. Yeah, you <laughs> like things. You like magic yeah, I cards. like the music that's on right now, the Guardians of the Galaxy see soundtracks. Those are great. They're some of my favorite. Um, okay. So we'll, we'll take a step back now and... As Julia puts it, ask the first question, which is not ever really the first question. Which I hate. I still hate how you guys ask it. So let's see if you can ask it right. Why? I just want to know when she was born. Just (laughs) just say, what's your birthday? No. The month and the day that you were born. April 30th. Okay. So you were at Halloween. Halloween. July. No, that's six months, not nine months. Never mind. (laughs) 
Fuck you. Were you I'm were stupid. you a serious preemie that barely survived? <laughs> yes. Birth? Were you a serious preemie that no. barely survived birth? So no. July. Yeah. So that July. Means end of July. Your parents. Were you born in Utah? At a concert. Were you born in Utah? I was born in Utah. So, so maybe they were celebrating Pioneer Day. 24th of July. It was Pie and Beer Day. Hell, the Pioneer Beer Day didn't exist back then, Julia. That's a new <laughs> construct for us non-Mormons. Oh, I feel like that's been around yeah, I think for a while. Pioneer Beer has been around for maybe seven or eight years. I, yeah. I need to Google. It has not been around. Look, I would have known in college if <laughs> Pioneer Beer Day was actually a thing in college, and it wasn't, so... So uh, yeah, your parents were up to something around that time of July. Mm-hmm. Were your parents drinkers? No. Oh. I, I grew oh. up Mormon. Oh, well, there you go. Big so they, surprise. They so, so could have been day, like then. Pioneer Day. So like Pioneer they, Day, they were probably at the parade. Parents yeah. did like the hand cart Ew. trek, and at the end of it, they were Not like, let's... doing it at the parade, but they well, had... Why'd you do the dance like they were doing it no, at the parade? <laughs> really good parade, got home. That's Jeremy's parade <laughs> dance. Well, it's not oh. a sex dance. How you doing? Well, okay. Honestly, I'm not entirely convinced that it wasn't, you know, alien abduction and... Uh, <laughs> all, I mean, it could have been. memories. <laughs> it could have been. We never know. Yeah, well, there is those areas out in Tooele, and then there's... Okay, oh, so like, you guys Dunway, are more bright Logan. than, than Logan. I thought. Yeah, uh, it's 2014, yeah. when Bra- Bad Brad Wheeler coined 2014. it. Yeah, yeah. So seven not, years. So, yeah. Not bad. Pine beer's pretty... Eight years, buddy. Why do you guys know this weird It's 2022. Crap. Eight years. We do you know, remember what you had for breakfast, though? We know good I stuff. I don't eat breakfast. I had... Um, had coffee. My point is, remember. you can remember random obscure facts, but not what you did I this morning. Ch- I had a chicken sandwich for dinner. But it, that was five minutes ago, breakfast not breakfast. <laughs> no, I had some. I had something on the way. I don't remember what it got. Oh, banana! I had a banana for breakfast. <laughs> banana. I like bananas. What? So you were born here in Utah, in the Salt Lake area. I was born in Logan. Logan. Did you grow up in Logan? I grew up in Logan until '91 when I moved down to Salt Lake. Okay. So did you go to high school in Logan, or did you go to high school down in Salt Lake? High school down here. High school. Yeah. So you're, I'm assuming your family moved down here. Mm-hmm. What area of the valley? Cottonwood Heights. Cottonwood. Oh. So you went to one of the nice schools. Well, <laughs> I was kicked out of two different high schools. So you on went three to Central. Consecutive occasions. So you went to Central. No. We have isn't five that, schools on three occasions. Isn't Central mm-hmm. the like bad kid school? No. When you get kicked out of other schools, you have to go to Central. No. Oh no. No, well, that was, was a, Valley. Valley. Valley High. That was, we've had lots of people that have like well, that's gone to probably, multiple that, high schools. That's probably, Valley High is for one school district because there's multiple school that's districts Granite, in the Valley, right? So, which she would have been yeah, in. Yeah, so Valley was for Granite, so that was the pregnant moms and the dropouts and the. Hey, I went there and I wasn't pregnant or a dropout. I just By didn't like want to year. go to school anymore. <laughs> so how so how or why were you kicked out of schools? Uh, not going. Uh, oh, I, just didn't go. Well, I, I do it. Yeah, I I would actually just go up, you know, bigger little Cottonwood Canyon and read and smoke cigarettes and just, just not, not go to school. Well, my schooling up in Logan was so far advanced oh. than when I moved down here, just because it's a college town, right? And so every I, I was dissecting cow's heart in third grade. Yeah, all the t- all, like, all the teachers up there are teaching the students that are like professors' kids. Mm-hmm. So and so I had good access to learning, and when that. I came down here, I was so just bored born. out of my mind. <laughs> yeah. I just I'd go up so, and read. That's what I had when we when we moved here from Iowa. Iowa's like the number one schools in the United States. Uh, the I don't know if they still have, but it used to be the Iowa curriculum test or something that everybody took that came out of Iowa. Anyway, point is, yeah, thanks fuckers for standardized testing because well, that's what you're describing. Yes, so so everyone has Jeremy to thank for standardized <laughs> testing. Thanks, Dad. I just want to point that out. Thanks, Jeremy. Me personally, so, but when when we moved here, that was the same thing. I, I was probably three years ahead, so like. 
my sophomore year of college, I took trig and calculus, and then I didn't have to take math the whole rest of my high school, but I'd already taken it. So you didn't mean college. You meant, you meant high school. Or high school. I, I meant high school. Like, if you were taking Same. trig and algebra in college, that wasn't counting that was for bad, credit. Yeah. But no, no, high school. High school. So anyway, so I, th- I was in the same boat. So like when you said, I took trig and calculus in high school, too, and I didn't come from Iowa. Your sophomore year? When you were talking about your Iowa standardized testing, anyway. it made me think of owls, which I actually is took completely trig and Harry Potter land shit. What? I was thinking of the owls. Yeah, it's the it's the it's the SATs for the. For, it's not for SATs. Her. It's just standardized testing. It, it's it used different. to be called the Iowa something. Yeah, it was the. Now Iowa, it's called. Like, I remember taking that fucking thing. And, yeah, I remember taking that. And my you, kids didn't have to take. Utah that. takes the Sage test because it says fuck you to standardized testing and wants to do its own thing, and they still do a standardized test. It's so stupid. <laughs> Okay, so what what high school did you end up actually graduating from? So I graduated from South Point after dropping out after when I realized that I hated all of my peers, <laughs> and so it was just easier to get the five credits from a GED, apply yep. it to a diploma, and graduate. Yeah, you know, GEDs are the way to go for a lot of people, and I, I don't think they have the stigma anymore that they used to because no. I think there's a lot of people that get GEDs when they're like 15 because they don't want to fucking be in high school. That's what. That's why I went to Valley. I did, woke up one morning and decided I didn't want to go to school. My yeah. mom was like, uh, what can we do to get this kid through school? And yeah, it used to be like, oh, you got a GED, you got a dropout. I don't, anymore, it's like, you got a GED, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. I, went to, uh, I went to school for like one period every day my senior year. Maybe to ceramics. Yeah. In my junior year, I went to interior design and drama at the end of the day. AP so physics like, and AP chemistry on alternating days, and then I'd go and drink the rest of the day with my friends. <laughs> <laughs> and the only days I went to school the full day was like, if we had a speech and debate trip on a Friday, oh, yeah. I would go the full Thursday because otherwise I couldn't go on the trip. And like when we had drama performances, I had to go to school during those weeks so that I could actually perform, otherwise you couldn't participate. Those are the only days that I actually That's went to funny. school. So do you have, do you have uh, siblings? Uh, I do have an older brother and a younger brother that passed oh. a few so years ago. So middle child. Both of uh, the I, younger. Middle child syndrome. Middle child syndrome. Both are the younger. When you said the the past, younger. Past. So, so you get done with high school, then what? As most high schoolers, then what? <laughs> so it, when I was 17, I had, and this was part of me, having issues with school at 17 i had a heart an arrhythmia heart attack where i was actually dead for three minutes wow and um was that anxiety induced no it it was was a it was a birth defect oh basically the bit of tissue that makes your heart beat i was born with two and it started a cycle oh so they were like to where contradicting each other well it 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 had my heart beating between 280 and 300 beats per minute, and they had to defibrillate me twice while I was still conscious. <laughs> Jeez, while and, you're conscious? Oh wow. Gosh. And so from there, it just sort of went downhill, and I got even less interested in school. So is that fixed now? Oh, yeah. Or are you beating <laughs> at like 300 now? a minute right now? No, actually. She's just like running around like a hummingbird. Well, fortunately... My issue was right at the time where they were turning the catheter ablation or working out the catheter ablation process to where now it's an outpatient procedure. Mm -hmm. So I was actually a guinea pig for that to be what it is today. That's awesome. So I mean, you lucked out living in Utah, by the way, and having that condition. Good medical stuff. At at Hogel Zoo across the street from the U. (laughs) So I I was in a really fortunate position. Oh, you were at the zoo when it happened? Mm -hmm. 
So you're, you're just so awestruck by the polar bears or whatever. Uh, it was the rhinoceros. It was the rhinoceros. It was just so cool. No, so, yeah, we've talked about it before. The the well, the the first artificial heart was developed here in Utah. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to heart surgery, there's there's a couple the of things. Cancer, there, there's, it, there's there's like yeah. three things that Utah is really really good for in terms of medical research. Uh, anything cardiovascular. I, I, Intermountain has been super headstrong in cardiovascular research. Um, uh, maternity stuff. Uh, infertility has been huge uh, in the state of Utah. Once you have the baby, you're on your own. But yeah. up until that point. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's <laughs> pediatric doctors for that. Those are those are the doctors that don't do so well in school, by the way. Um, and then and then you have cancer research. Yeah. Like Huntsman is doing really incredible shit in cancer research up there at the U. It's it's really unbelievable some of the stuff that they're coming Okay, across. so which one of you is going to be the cancer person? Because we've got... Fertility, and we've got cardiovascular. So, who wants to do the cancer? I'm pretty sure I have me. cancer on my back. <laughs> it's Kristen. You did tell me to have the doctor look at I that, that it did spot on my back this morning. The mole that so. keeps moving. <laughs> <laughs> it's, his name's Cubert. Pastulio. <laughs> no, I just have, I have this thing. I have this mark. itchy spot See, on my back. He's got an itchy spot, and I'm like, well, Gross. then you should go to the dermatologist and have him look at it. It's It's been itchy for a while. I don't think it's herpes. Because <laughs> it's in the middle of my back, so. <laughs> what? Okay, so after your heart condition, so after, after the heart condition and getting out of high school, I'm, you know, I tried to do a few different jobs. Like I worked down to the Grand Canyon, and you know, just tried to get a little bit of life experience. But then I really just kind of, you know, I had already shut down the part of myself that was really authentic, and got married young i was married for 14 years to holy shit yeah and <laughs> to a woman who passed back in 2016 and um ever since then well right before she passed that's when i ultimately came out and started you know living my own journey right you know walking my own path so so had you i'm assuming you always felt it you always knew i've known since i was six but but being of the predominant religion in this area, among other things. So was that? I mean, so when you when you were a kid, I mean, growing up as part of the church, um, being you know somewhat rebellious though. When you get married to someone and you're married to them for 14 years, I mean, were you like card carrying Mormons? Not as, even sort of. Okay. Turn it off. <laughs> like I, I fell out. Switch. I fell out of the church when I was 14 when okay. I was breaking into my friend's house after sneaking out of sacrament meeting, <laughs> and <laughs> then realized, hmm, church is probably not the place for me. Okay. Yeah, I was just curious. Uh, you made break in. Maybe I don't like church. Because <laughs> I I think there's a lot more of that, especially here, than than there is maybe in other communities where there are people that are denying who they really are well, just because of that that acceptance into that community we've had people we've had guests on the show who that's what they said is they fought it for years and years because of the because of family because of the dominant religion and so they just struggled to yeah. be who they really were for, for me it was a domineering woman and even though she knew everything about me and my situation pre-marriage as soon as there was a ring on my finger it, that was all done and i had to be the dominant masculine male and it just didn't work for me and finally, after 14 years and lots of issues that happened with her, that if you'd like to discuss, we certainly can. <laughs> well, today's show's about you, but it's whatever you want to talk well, about. It, well, it, everything that happened with that was a very... <clears throat> 
uh, let's just say it, it was a good learning experience. Gotcha. <laughs> so was my 15 year marriage. Yeah. Good learning experience. She beat you. She she spent an extra year with that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was a day short, day shy of my 15th anniversary <laughs> when our divorce was final. Mm. So then you start to transition while she's still while you still together before she passes away. So or? so I started working towards just you know changing my name and going by my you know starting perf- to present uh, that way my preferred existence right and it was shortly thereafter the week before our wedding anniversary that she actually died wow and from there that's when you know i went to my first pride parade you were I, free i was free and i have lived authentically ever since did you guys have kids nope so that's, that's a good thing. No, both sides of that. Both sides of that. Uh, she, when we first got together, she had to have an abortion due to her own health, and then we had a nasty miscarriage a few years later, and so I would have potentially had two kids, but it just wasn't in the cards. When it's a bad marriage and it has nothing to do with trans or any of that, just having kids in a bad marriage is. Uh, oh, complicated. It, yeah. It's complicated. It just it's it's just better when that doesn't have to be involved. Mm-hmm. So during this time, what did you do? Did you go to school? Did you go to college? Did you you know how did you find? So I have done absolutely every job from A to V. <laughs> <laughs> so you still got a couple letters. So you haven't go. been a zoologist. Yet. So I haven't been a zoologist yet, but I was an armored transport delivery driver for a few years. Nice. Um, I did driving and bouncing for an escort agency. I was a bail enforcement officer or certified bail enforcement officer trying to break into that because at that point I just didn't care about what happened to me. You know, I would take whatever dangerous position could possibly maybe end my life in a relatively honorable way. Even the military totally disregarded me after my heart attack. And so... You know, I yeah, you got a defect. They don't want you. Yeah, but so I did all of that. But then I was also I worked my way into the video game industry and was the uh, lead designer and animation director for a series of successful video games. Who did you work for? Well, I worked for Sensory Sweep Studios, and there's an entire story there because <laughs> I know there's a lot of video games. Development that come out of Utah. Utah's mm-hmm. actually tons. One of the it, it, used, yeah. it used to be a lot better than it is now. We U, Utah used to be number four, and I think it's dropped significantly from there. But there still are a lot of really good indie studios here in town. So what what games? They were the My Language Coach games oh, for okay. Ubisoft. Okay. So I did Spanish, French, Japanese, Chinese, and for the European market, English. So how, how many of those languages do you know? Uh, none of them. <laughs> <laughs> English, that, I hope. Well, hey, I, I speak English and bad English. Mm. <laughs> so, so she's like me. That's a that's a band. So I, I designed the house for one of the guys that that made Fortnite. Nice. And it's when it had just come out. It had only been out for maybe four or five months. And Jonathan, my son, was kind of playing it. And I remember having a discussion with him. And I'm like, I don't understand Fortnite. That seems like it's a really stupid game. That's to me. so much fun. And I didn't realize. He, he had said something about he worked with something about Fortnite, so we're having this whole discussion about how it's so stupid and you do this thing and then you do all this stuff and then you just with die. your client, yeah, and then you just die with and you just start all over. And then I, I start noticing because I'm at his house, I start noticing all of this like Fortnite stuff, and and then I'm like, 
Do you play? So what did do you? Yeah, like what is your role with Fortnite? Like, yeah. And it's like I developed. He's like it. open mouth. Ex- <laughs> that makes me think of when we saw someone wearing. Um, we were on vacation and we were at a hotel. And dad and I saw someone wearing like a Trump shirt and we thought it was oh, like an anti-Trump an shirt. shirt and we were all going on about how stupid Trump is. And then they got off the elevator and we saw the back of the shirt and they were pro-Trump. And then I had to hide from them in the parking lot when I saw them later. Nah. No, I if think they didn't hurt you in the elevator, they're not going to hurt you in the more parking akin, lot. It's it more was more ak- embarrassing. I felt so bad. It's more akin to the Billy Boyd interaction I had at FedEx. Oh my God. <laughs> No fucking idea who that person is. I told Bree today, I was like, you know, the thing is with like, with people like that, that I have like no connection to, they're just celebrities. I'm like, I bet if he was in a lineup, I still wouldn't fucking be able to point him out. And I've had like an honest to God, like face to face interaction with the guy where we talked about, I'm sure he loved it because I don't know who the fuck he was. And we were just talking about totally normal. How awesome C3PO is on the shirt that I had that he wanted and where to get it. And, and then when I said, why would I take a picture with him? And his friend just started laughing. He signed, that's that's how I feel. He signed my, a bottle of my monkey shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. Fortnite's, but that's, and and when he, when, when he said what he did, Jeremy did, was it hard to get your foot out of your mouth? I was just no. like, oh, I'm sorry. And then he kind of laughed. He's like, that's okay. Most people your age don't understand. I'm like, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, not, they're not making... Like, that was like a, a worse insult back to yeah, you. Yeah, they're not making money off you. It's I mean, okay, old man. They, they kind of anyway. are in a sense from the in-game purchases that your kids make on your credit cards. But <laughs> So anyway, so, so you do some video game work. Uh, I mean, how long did you do that for? I did that for two years. Oh, okay. Okay. And... So I, we've got like uh, we've got uh, armored car, we've got the B, we've got video game design. There are like twenty other letters that I'm waiting <laughs> so, for. <laughs> so I've done lots of um, IT work. I had my own private IT practice or business. Um, I have sold everything from shoes to cars. Um, I've been a restaurant server. I've been warehouse manager. I've done. Uh, any crazy job that I could pick up, I would just because I like a challenge. Yeah, that's uh, cool. That's cool. So, how did you then get into? Uh, how then did you get into Reiki and herbalism and yeah, how did all of that and all get that you to stuff? where you are today? <laughs> so, when I was falling away from the church back as a teenager, I was getting into energy work and druidry and herbalism and things like that, and just kind of getting to know sort of the natural processes of you know Earth and the universe at large, and seeing how we could better develop ourselves as people right but with you know having the heart attack and having the out-of-body experience that i did it sort of set me back and i had a few crazy experiences to where i just kind of had to draw back from it and try to fit into the humdrum right and within you know from 2016 to present you know 2017 i had my first reiki attunement i had been working with a hypnotherapist who also became my mentor and um unfortunately he passed as well and so i've just been taking everything that he taught me and growing myself and getting back into the things that i had been doing and really succeeding with and trying to bring it out and back to the masses. The funny thing, in my opinion, with all of that is herbs and, and, and holistic medicine, 
that's been around for like thousands, thousands of, years. of years. It's modern medicine that's all of the synthetics and 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 people look at all of the herbals as oh that's hokey pokey. Well, and but it's like people but don't people have been yeah. not dying on it for a long but, time. But but people don't realize that even aspirin is based off of white willow bark. Yeah, it's like, true. Yeah, it, it's ne- nearly ev- well and natural opioids way better for you than synthetic opioids. I mean, yeah. you can go through the list and so it's it, it just always boggles my mind how. People look down. I have a whole series of numbing drugs modeled off of cocaine, literally off of cocaine. Mm-hmm. So it used to be in Coke. That's no devil's lettuce, but no, I will take all not. the morphine. It's just like yeah. Well. So I mean, I, I've always looked at like that's where it all came from. That's mm-hmm. where it. That's where it all comes that's where from. All still. originated from. It does is holistic is herbs, mm-hmm. and we really need we're, to get back to more. We're, of that. we're just now, in fact, in terms of modern medicine, we're just now in like the last five to ten years crossing the threshold of. It's no longer trying to replicate what happens in nature in terms of, you know, what plants can do, which is, like you said, aspirin comes from a plant. Um, you know, all of the, like, lidocaines and everything else come from the basis of the idea of, of cocaine and how that interacts with the body. We're just now getting into, like, like real, like, molecular single-atom delivery systems of drugs and medications that interact on a, like, like the, even the vaccine, the COVID vaccines, mRNA vaccination stuff, like that's all very recent stuff. Like that's, that's stuff that is now like going beyond actual nature to try and create solutions. But up until that, it's all just been synthesized nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and you look at most, most things have a purpose, tobacco. Uh, you take tobacco leaves and you put it on a, a, a sting, a cut, it it pull, it draws. It's an astringent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, so, it's an antiseptic. All of these things, it's like the best thing you could ever put on a bee sting is honey. I mean, there's just all of these things that are natural, and for some reason we've gotten away from that. But I no, I'm gonna go spend seven dollars on some random cream at Walmart hmm. instead of putting some honey on it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's just kind of how what it's become. That's, yeah, that's what our society's kind of. Come. It's like so there's I think so many home remedies for things. I think it's great, and it. It's funny that it has to be reintroduced, but it does. Mm-hmm. It does. <laughs> so, so you, so you start getting into all of that, and wh- where do you go with it? What do you do with it? You start to discover all this stuff. So I just I practice it every day. You know, it, it's nothing that I jump into. I don't have tables or charts or anything that I actually go off of. of oh, this treats this, or oh, this treats that. Is I'm actually like opening myself up to the point where I'm communicating with the plants and allowing them to give me the information and knowledge that they carry from a spiritual level, and using that along with medical astrology and being able to prescribe what's effective for someone based off of their own. Natal chart. And so that's kind of where I've gone because I started taking courses through uh, evolutionary herbalism. And Sage Popham is an amazing person who was able to bridge the gap between people and plants using medical astrology as a language. And so just getting to know those processes and seeing how they affect me then I have a better understanding of the plant overall because you're looking to treat not only the physical, you're also looking to treat the mental, the emotional, and the spiritual aspects of ourselves in order to become a more whole being, mm-hmm. hence holistic. So did, so did you just like start trying things like, oh, I'm going to try dandelion leaf and see what mm-hmm. happens? Like, I mean, just yes. literally. Yes. I, I, I sat for an hour, you know, communicating with a dandelion in my yard. And it, it has been wonderfully powerful just being able to open 
myself up to experience nature in that sort of way. That's really cool. I mean, it, things as simple as a dandelion. It's edible. You can make teas out of it. I mean, bees. The, my bees love it. Mm-hmm. I have a beehive, and my bees absolutely love the the dandelion. So I don't spray my dandelions. I let, they I, look ugly, but we get lots of yummy, bright yellow honey. I let them mm-hmm. do their thing because bees absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. They're not hurting anything. What the fuck do you need to get rid of them for in your yard? No, it's funny. Society says you should just have this cut down plant that Uh, does nothing. You know why our grass is dead? There's a A drought. A drought. And so we just decided we didn't need it. (laughs) What's funny is I remember my grandma telling me that when she was little, that they would buy dandelions to plant in their flower beds. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it used to be like a... Like, like you, planting roses well, or fucking lilies. Lettuce. Or, you eat yeah. them. You eat them for salad. Like, well, you can make when like you have limes mixed, with them. When you have mm-hmm. mixed greens, there mm-hmm. are dandelion leaves in there. Yeah, that's, yep. the, that's your bitters usually, your bitter leaves. Oh, mm-hmm. God, they're yep. really bitter too. <laughs> Yummy. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I, that's the leaf that I pull out usually. <laughs> they are good in the mixed green salad because they provide a proper balance, but it's like... Uh, yeah, it's like right kale. Right. They're not like a good snack to just yeah. eat like plain, kale, but... where the number one purchaser of kale was a fucking buffet because Pizza they used Hut. it. Yeah, Pizza Hut used it to like surround their buffet and greenery. <laughs> That's what kale used to be used for. Now people eat it. <laughs> no joke. I like to eat parsley. <laughs> it's probably the only green thing I eat. It was just decor. That was she's, it. She's not joking. Yeah, no. They, that's all kale was used and like for. Back when I was a kid, the grocery stores, they'd put it all around yeah. uh-huh. like the, the grape yeah. display. Uh-huh. And stuff. That's stupid. That's what kale was used for. And then someone came out and was like, hey, we can make some real money off of this. Let's like, let's, <laughs> let's, like let's run it. a freaking... Get, Makes no, me think of the kelp shakes no joke. SpongeBob let's, and they're all running to get them. Let's, mm. let's run a campaign and talk about all the benefits of kale and why kale's so healthy. And now it's like one of the number one well, sellers. It's like carrots during World War II. Um, they actually did that whole thing about carrots make you see better at night as a as propaganda for the Nazis because they knew the Nazis were listening in on the communications and the Nazis did not know that we had radar. And so what what they were they were putting out these ads and everything on TV saying eat your carrots and you'll you'll have night vision like our pilots. That's where the whole carrots help you see and help your eyes that but carrots actually do have a positive impact on your eye health because they, beta carotene is one of the they key do, but they're not going to make you see it no and beta carotene is one of the key micronutrients that you need to help keep your eyes healthy but it doesn't fucking make a yeah. big impact so, i like carrots how come my eyes are so bad well, and the carrots that we eat today, it's like we talked about with the oh, corn yeah. earlier. The carrots we eat today are nothing like what they used to be. I mean, they were ugly and fucking small and shitty before. Well, it's like it's, bananas is another perfect That's example. That's why banana like flavored like candy. So they no, don't taste so, like an actual banana because those bananas went extinct. Mm-hmm. Well, the bananas in Kauai. Mm. Oh my god, those are. So they are not like the bananas you get here. Aren't that those are little little dudes. They're so good. Yeah. I didn't try one. Yeah, Why did you try have told me? That's your I don't know. Amazing. But but the bananas that we get have been manipulated and I'm allergic to them now. To the point where they're that really sucks. not that good and then they have to pick them green to ship them and all this kind of stuff. And I mean we've had this discussion a lot. We really need to get back to a more holistic like dad has so, his whole yard is just garden space it's all mm. dead garden now though. it's all it's dead right now but squash and yeah. pumpkins where did and we stuff learn all throughout the winter corn mm-hmm. that that i like, can't keep plants alive eat, but you know you eat what grows naturally and that for the region of what is it 
for it's where some, you live. It's actually something. No, well, it's not from, just where you live, where but your like what from? your actual oh. ancestry so that's, is. That's something that Dash from uh, oh, from right. uh, title boxing up in Cottonwood he Heights. He believes does. that that if you eat like a diet based on your diet or something, yeah, that it's better for you because your body's just more. So that's what your genetics are. Yes. But I tend to prescribe more to Ayurveda because even with my own like ebbs and flows, depending on where I'm at, because since March, I've lost roughly 35 pounds. And it's just from, you know, working. Sure, I average around 10,000 steps a day just running around work. But I also do my own light weaving and my own dancing to where I'm constantly moving and keeping my energy up because I use that as sort of a daichi modality as well as just free-form movement and experiencing the energies that are around me at any given time. And so that just helps me, you know, get my groove on. I'll get my cup of coffee. I'll throw on some dirt wire, and I'll just start going. So I've got to ask, what does your family think of everything? <laughs> so Are they supportive? Or do they understand? My parents are the most amazing people on the planet because even growing up in the church up in Logan, everything was more optional. Versus, she was from Utah County. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Lo, I mean, Logan, Logan Mormons, while they're still Mormons and they're still Utah Mormons, they're removed enough they're from... Ogden adjacent? Well, yeah, they're removed no, enough from... They're, the, they're in their own little bowl. They're, well, they're removed enough from the crazy that's down here. They're more <laughs> akin to LDS folk that have a lot more exposure to non-LDS folk where it is... A lot less like, oh, how come you weren't at church this last Sunday? Mm -hmm. Like that exists here in the Salt Lake Valley and especially in like Utah County. Not so much up in places like there's also like an automatic assumption of things where people will say something based on like the LDS church. And if you weren't, well, for instance, here's a good example. When you said, when we were talking about something and you said something about confessing it to your bishop or whatever, mm-hmm. and I was like, my bishop doesn't even know who the hell I am. Yeah. Because, like, you, you, you went back to, you, you referenced We were talking about soaking, and you, oh, you said you were going to go try soaking, and I said, you're going to have like, to talk to your bishop. And about I was that. like, my bishop doesn't know who I am. Um, but she would thanks group text, but it was, but it was just kind of funny because it's a, it's a throwback to what you know. Right. And mm-hmm. so you you reference it, but if you reference it to someone who doesn't have that same background, the reference is missed. Mm-hmm. So, well, so my mom was a DJ back in college. My dad, he did go on the proper Mormon mission to Japan, and he brought it back a lot of the Japanese tradition, but he he's an interior designer. That's like, cool. That's, he, that's actually one of the things I wanted to be when I was a kid. Well, he got a major, he got a bachelor's with a major in psychology to understand why his family was so screwed up (laughs) and he minored he minored in interior design and so we the family does have a firm here in town but he they're just wonderfully loving people you know they understand where i've come from they've seen everything that i've gone through and my mom even picked my dead name out of my christmas stocking and put cora on it oh that's so, so sweet like, we need more people like that and my parents are the best how how did you come up with cora cuz it's i mean is it a funny story <laughs> well i i just i just asked because 
it's an unusual name. I mean, it's not like well, Stacy or whatever. Well, depending on, you know, the language that you base it right. off of, it, you know, Italian romantic languages, it means heart. Aww. But where I actually got it was from Tron Legacy 2010. <laughs> Freak, yeah! That's, that's where I know that. I was like, that seems familiar now that you said uh-huh. that. But, yeah. but look at the character. Yeah. It, She's it, freaking she, badass. She, not that's only like, is she a that's badass. That's like my favorite movie. But she is, you know, she is the... She is the light for humanity that Flynn is trying to actually get out of the grid to proliferate everything that the ISOs have to impart. And that's kind of my place in the universe. That's very clever. <laughs> that's cool. So I'll, I'm actually curious. I want to talk a little bit about Reiki because I don't fucking get it. <laughs> I've talked to plenty of people that have had Reiki done that are Reiki masters, and I still don't truly understand what it is okay <laughs> honestly so I'm, I'm actually curious how would you describe reiki to uh to, to people that don't know or the people that are curious to our listeners so reiki is two things it's basically the practice well once you step into the modality of reiki you undertake the practice of you know really incorporating and you know, integrating the Reiki principles just for today. I will not be angry. I will not worry. I will be filled with gratitude. I will be kind to all life. I will do my work honestly. And I always include love unconditionally just for today. But with those, you're, once you break them down, it's just a mode of mindfulness in your everyday life. It's just for today. I'm here, I am present, I am in this body, I will have whatever day I will have, but it's being mindful throughout the day to where you can actually affect major change within yourself. But then Reiki as the energy that is channeled through a Reiki practitioner, it is source energy to where you have, you know, key which is the life force energy that, you know, animates all living things on in this existence, on this particular plane. But Reiki is the universal conscious form of life force that is actually animating, animated to where if you think about it, you know, God is all, well, Reiki is God. And you can call it whatever you want because it doesn't require any dogma. It doesn't require any belief in this energy, merely an attunement to the energy and the source so that you can act as a conduit for enacting healing on a recipient. So when somebody comes to a Reiki master, what, what, what does a session look like? What is it that you do? It's kind of like a massage session. But it's fully clothed, and it takes, you know, anywhere from 40 minutes to an hour. And there are prescribed hand positions for working on particular areas. But the but the energy, because it is conscious, it will go to wherever it is needed most. Just, it'll do its own thing. So the Reiki practitioner's job is basically to just act as a conduit and get out of the way and let the Reiki flow. So what what kind of things do people come to you for? Everything. Like illness? Illness, like- illness mm-hmm. mental stability, like just 
any sort of blockage. I do a lot of energetic work throughout the energetic, all of the layers of the energetic body. Um, I incorporate sound bowls into my practice so that I can affect different parts of the energetic body mm-hmm. through that. And it, it just all kind of depends on what the needs of any particular recipient are. Does that answer your questions at all? That helps me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it does. I haven't ever heard it explained like that. Um, Chris is a non-believer, so. A non-believer in what, Julia? <laughs> all the woo-woo. That's yeah. not true. Nihilist. That's actually not true. He's pretty... Uh, I don't know if if I had I to guess put more you, the paranormal stuff. If I had to put you in a religion, I would probably do like Hinduism or I can tell you something more like that. That's <laughs> transcendentalism. Transcendentalism, yeah. It's, it's Reiki more of a, it's not more is it a religion? more of a religion? No, it, no, no, like no so. ab- absolutely not. No, that, that's the whole thing about it is even Doctor Usui who. It, Back in the late 1800s, Dr. Mikao Usui had a moment of satori while he was in a 21-day meditation. And he was actually given access to the same sort of energy without receiving an attunement that has been around for thousands of years. There are indigenous cultures all over the world that actually utilize the same energy source Mm -hmm. and they just have different symbols but even some of the symbols that are present within reiki practice are used to to today it's equivalent to the force it's the force (laughs) it's really close yeah yeah i mean i I get it does it kind of follow along and this may this may be wrong but does it kind of follow along with like acupuncture and other things like that energetically yes because as the reiki energy is being channeled through the practitioner it's like a circuit when it is sent into a recipient it does travel along the meridians and everything else because through the actual physical body but it also goes out through the energetic body because that doesn't acupuncture like use the needles to to direct energy to and from different points yeah it also uses needles to actually contract muscles and nerves well yeah because like my experience with it has been completely therapeutic and I used to have a knot under my shoulder blade that you can't massage out. You can't get to it. It's under your shoulder blade. And so they would needle it and trigger it and make it contract really hard and then release it. And it's the only thing. They call it dry needling in the physical therapy world. Yeah, But Um. it's, Essentially, it's acupuncture. You don't feel it. Like, I mean, you feel a sting, but like, it doesn't hurt. And I've had it done all over my neck and stuff. And it's literally the only thing that stays for any length of time. I'm a firm believer in acupuncture. Yeah. Same here. Well, and that that also goes back to to old medicine. That's ancient, ancient Eastern medicine. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, key is only the Japanese interpretation of the of the energy. Right. There's also uh, mana in Polynesian cultures. There's chi. There's prana. Like, the same idea and concept are things that indigenous cultures have known for thousands of years. Is that, that like the same thing as source? Well, source is source is God. Yeah. So, so it's not. It's not quite. It's, <laughs> Well, that's that's just the key portion of it. Gotcha. But the source portion of it, the Reiki, mm-hmm. when you combine the two words, it that's where you have the universal 
God's source energy. So the stuff that God is made of, basically. Well, yes. Energy, okay. basically. Because well, well, you yeah. can't... If there's a God, because if there is, he's an asshole. The Christian it, God is, yeah. Well, the thing is with, with energy, we we can't create it and we can't destroy it. Mankind, it, it can be converted, it can take different forms, but mankind cannot create or destroy. Uh, I'm going to correct you, Julia. It's not the Christian God. It's literally every God ever. Look! Look back to look back to ancient Greek. And, I wouldn't Greek say and yeah, Roman. that's Greek and Roman though. There's a lot, a all, lot, a lot, a lot of deities. But that's not Christian. I wouldn't say they're all mean. But that's even, not Christian. Even the Hindu gods are not great. They're they dicks. Could be very cool. But for the most part, even the energy, even the names that have been given to these deities, they really are just an energetic archetype mm-hmm. of one aspect of. Life. Exactly. Exactly. That doesn't yeah, there's make, different versions that of doesn't the same make person. the embodiment of gods any less of dicks. Yeah. Well the big problem, floating dicks. The even even is, like the nice stories, they're generally dicks in the Like stories. anybody who just decides that you just need to praise them. I think it, it's just man's mm, interpretation of all of it is where it, is yeah. where it went south. It, it, is. it really is. It's like I say I I don't have a problem with Jesus. It's his fan club that bothers me. Well, and, 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 and to the point of the, the point you were making with, with energy is, you know, it's neither created or destroyed. It's just transferred. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a, a, a theory that we prescribe to from a scientific standpoint. And that is what transcendentalism is based off of is that we are all part of the same energy that is transferred. And this is precisely why I'm calling it quantum life cooperative. Uh, there you uh, go. I, I like it. Like I said, I like the name. <laughs> it it well, clearly appealed to him. Well, e- even my business logo, I went with a triketra, you know, a simple Celtic symbol, but I turned it into a combination of the triketra and a scientific symbol. So it's almost like a biohazard, but it's, you know, it's working towards enlightenment. She's got a bunch of those on her neck, basically. Oh, yeah, sort of. The, the pseudo filigree cross. Yeah, it's of... the tattoo cross that I have on the back of my neck. I, I hate it when filigree turns into a heart. Like, it's not me. <laughs> and so I when I had the tattoo artist design it, I'm like, I want swirls, but make sure that none of them come together it, and, like, It is much so, closer to Triketra yeah. than it is. Uh, so it, it came out more like that than it did uh filigree. filigree yeah. yeah so okay so i want to i want to step back a little bit because i know that you were interested in talking about this and you know we've had we've had quite a number of transgender individuals on uh-huh. the show over the years Transgender folk well misty um, snow was probably one of our most famous more famous <laughs> ones so when she was running for office we oh, did misty what, was fantastic what we called the snowstorm so yeah. every week we'd come in and we'd do like a a 20 30 minute show with her and we set that we put that out on its own so that was really really fun to work with misty stope that's a cool logo by the way well, that's a, Julia, it's a good color a and one thing we never really got to talk to misty about because it was during the campaign was you know misty's transition and and how that was like because i think it's it's an important aspect to talk about and i think that a lot of people are either afraid to ask about it or you know feel like it's it's taboo but i think well the, it is if you're not given permission, I, I think the the more people talk about it and understand what an individual has gone through, you know, both just internally in themselves, how they get to that point, uh, and then also, you know, from an outward perspective, how the people around them 
accept that or don't accept that and what that leads to in your life. I think that's a really important piece for, for people to hear and to understand. And anytime someone's willing to come on and talk about that sort of thing, I'm very interested in, in hearing their experience. Cause you had said, you know, you've known since you were six. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's the case for most people. I think at some level they know. Well, yeah. Cause when you're very small, you don't like, that's not a thing. And, but when you like, uh, if you really think about it, that's an age where kids start to define their they identity. They start playing well, house for real. But is it defining their identity or is it allowing the construct to seep in? Well, I think for I think for a kid, I think it's kind of the same thing, right? And so I I think there's a there's a part of children. I mean, if you think about when we grew up in 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 the 80s and the 90s, um, you know, when you're when you're a child in the 80s and you are let's say you grow up as a boy and you're 5 or 6 years old and you still want to wear dresses most of the time that is forfeited you you're not able to do that your parents at at some age back then and this is not so much the case anymore but back then especially if you were wearing a dress at 6 playing dress up your your parents would oftentimes say, no, you should wear the boy clothes, mm-hmm. um, which is or you shouldn't be playing dress up at all. Yeah, which is I mean, that's a that's a thing that happened. I think thankfully now that that's happening a lot less. I don't think that it's complete. It's certainly not even close to completely gone. But I think kids at that point are expressing the things that they like mm-hmm. uh, and and who they want to be. I don't think, and I don't, and kids don't look at it the way an adult would. No, no, and they don't, and they're not doing that to say this is who I am. That's just naturally what occurs for a child. They're just to do. choosing the things that they exactly like. and that but, they identify well, with. Is it that they're identifying with it, or is it because of the guilt, fear, and shame that the family is actually imposing on them, even at an unconscious level, that is ultimately driving that decision into any particular direction? I think at five or six, there's not a... I don't think kids pick up at a subconscious level of guilt, fear, and shame oh. for for those types of activities. Oh. But I think there's a very conscious thing that happens, or at Apparently least apparently you're wrong. <laughs> no, well, so that that so tell us about your experience. So my experience, you know, growing up in Logan, I was allowed to just be me. I was the crazy little kid that had run around and get lost for hours on end. Were you in kind of one of the more rural areas? No, I was up right by the college. Oh, so. And so I was up on the hill, you know, and I would just disappear and I'd go and explore the caves up in the canyons and I'd go right down the canal and everything. And here I am six, seven mm-hmm. years old. Back then, though. That was the was, 80s, man. Yeah, man. That's, that's just the like, 80s. Yeah, that's, it was not a big deal. We did whatever the fuck we wanted. I don't know how many times my brother got brought home from running on the ice in the river in the wintertime. That was a felon. <laughs> but, like, that's... We did whatever we wanted. It didn't matter. Different times. <laughs> but, you know, it, once I moved down here and I started to see what sort of, you know, pecking order and the sorts of social stigmas and everything that was so prominent in the public education system, I basically just shut down into myself and wasn't able to express who I was. And that's something that I am really grateful for these days is people even just 10 years younger than myself are able to actually just be and have been for some time. But, you know, 
back then I couldn't I didn't have the internet I couldn't find any <laughs> there was, support there was there no was, support. There was there no was, internet yeah. well, the same there, thing that there gives, was no support there yeah. was no uh, there was no terminology there was no definition right. there was well I'm sure there to was a large nothing. extent you're thinking am I crazy is there something well, wrong well the with same me? thing it, that gives Trump people power to act all weird because they see that other people believe that <laughs> helps someone who is searching to find out why fitting into the box that they're being pushed into doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause I'm sure as a child, you were pushed to do certain things and to act certain ways. And inside you're like, this feels weird. Maybe everybody feels weird. I don't know. I just do what I'm told. I just know that it doesn't feel right. So how did you go, like going through high school and stuff, how did that affect you? How did that? So going through high school, I was trying to find my place, but I've never, honestly, at this point, I really just sort of identify as non-binary because I'm just me. Right. You know, Quora is, is my own being versus, you know, trying to be male or female. You know, I like guns and I like Barbies. So, <laughs> like... It, do you put I'm guns... Judging, I'm judging you for liking Barbies, but let me, not the guns. Let me ask, do you put, but, like, the G.I. Joe guns in the Barbie hands? Because that would be funny. <laughs> that would be ba- funny. Are they back to the 12-inch G.I. Joes now, like the Barbie size you can get them. Like the, my, my favorite was actually using Bratz dolls as targets, yes. so... <laughs> I'm way too old. My kids played Brat, with brats. Yeah, yeah Julie did brats. Julie had brats <laughs> to us. But we, we blew up elite course. But not very often because so, they were... So did you feel a lot of pressure to do the typical boy things? It, it, it was a lot of pressure to just be, you know, part of the system. Right. Well, with and, an older brother and a younger brother, too, did that... Like, did that magnify that? Because... No. Or were they also... So with... The way everything worked out, it was a little bit of an odd situation. There's six years between me and my older brother. There was actually a stillbirth just before me, along with a few miscarriages. And so, like, I was I was the miracle child when I came along. And so I was, you know, I had a lot of special attention until my younger brother came along, who also turned out to be autistic. And so I was just, I was the middle child. So then you were a real middle child at that yeah, point. I, I, was, I was wearing the hand-me-down Z Cavaricis, and yeah. So, like, that was me growing up was just getting what I could while trying to express myself, but I really didn't know how because I didn't have any sort of modeling or any other sort of support in who I was as just being me. And so I had to find some sort of facade, persona, what have you, in order to present myself to the general public and be socially acceptable because I was diagnosed with Asperger's at 18. And I've had to go through a lot of my own work just to kind of overcome that. But it isn't necessarily overcoming it. It's realizing that all of those little aspects of myself are basically superpowers. Yeah. Well, it's not They're overcoming just part it. of you. It's well, just who you are. It's not an overcoming thing. It's... No, it, it's honestly, my memory is so ridiculously good that I think being autistic for that. <laughs> so, so as we talked about a little bit earlier, so you do get married, you do do the typical 
marriage thing mm. but you were saying there were some issues there maybe if you want to touch on a little bit of it so like just how did that all so things were things were good and then they were a little tumultuous but then in 2010 my wife went into what i affectionately refer to as the death star uh, oh yeah intermountain medical center intermountain uh-huh. on 53rd it was supposed to be a biopsy that was to take an hour and a half it turned into a ruptured pulmonary artery five and a half weeks in intensive care and eight hundred sixty thousand dollars and that was in 2010 and from there there was serious soul loss that i had no idea how to actually handle because i'd been out of my own practices for so long and i became a caretaker for an invalid and she that's when my wife just degraded to the point where i was a full-time care full-time caregiver until 2015 where i the idea was that she was actually going to be the live-in caretaker for her 90-year-old grandmother, well, 89-year-old grandmother at the time. And she would be doing everything. Well, it turned into me dealing with two invalids. <laughs> oh, that's... That's... that. Hard. I can't in, even in imagine my world, what that would do. That sucks because Ugh. I don't do people. So my youngest daughter does people. My oldest daughter does animals. And they... Yeah, my oldest daughter could never. She would be like, "No, I'm so, and So you were taking care of both of them. I was taking care of both of them. That is soul draining. I mean, just to see, because obviously, like, regardless of how the the relationship went at any point, you know, when you marry someone, you don't marry them because you're just faking it. You do have love for that person, and mm-hmm. to see someone, especially to see someone have that kind of insane unexpected unexpected event Sudden. that turns into a complete decline like that like that it that's hard to emerge from as a, as still a being a person mm-hmm. honestly because you you have to give so much of yourself to that person and then to become a full-time caregiver like that's a whole nother level of devotion to a person times two well i i, I would say devotion and alcoholism <laughs> That everyone deals in their own way, for yeah, sure. And, no, and no blame here. Time. No blame here. So, so you got some people choose heroin, others choose cocaine. We're just I, those glad are you're both still expensive. here. That's what matters. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, that, so they they both moved in with you. No, so we moved into Grandma's house because for the longest time she had her own business. She was operating for on her own for a long time. And she was just beginning to get a little funny and needed more help around the house. And if I never have to wash another old woman, <laughs> it will be far too soon. I don't mean to laugh, but <laughs> I've already That's... told my mom, it's not in me. You're you're going somewhere. I promise I will come. I will visit. I will still love you, but so, I'm not taking care of you. I didn't tell my mom any of that. I just told her she's going whatever home your brother, medicare plays for. Your brother so so how long did that go before grandma? So grandma in 2015, she wound up falling and fracturing her hip and had to go into a home. So, From there. That's the way of the old person. That's well, how old people die. But, I fall in and I can't get up. But uncle, who had been wonderfully supportive of everything that I had been doing up to that point. Finally, Your wife's uncle? Yes. Okay. He ultimately said, you have two weeks to move out because you're no longer welcome. 
And so I had to do this while my wife went into ICU. That's when they figured out that she had MS. And then I was completely on my own. And from there, in January of 2016, I moved back up to Logan to, you know, live with family and try to... Because what else do you do? Well, I tried to rebuild a life for me and my wife so that we could have a place to just restart again. Because I I had done that so many times throughout the marriage that I was just used to it. And so I was trying to restart again. And then the week of Valentine's Day, she came up to visit and we were both so horrendously drunk the whole time that we were at each other's throats. And my family wound up throwing all of my shit into garbage bags and brought me back down to Salt Lake to be with my parents. And so it was an involuntary separation, (laughs) but it was probably the best thing that could have happened because it was within that time that I went to the theater we went and saw Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder at Kingsbury Hall. And what better way to get over hardship <laughs> than murder? There's none. There's none. That's why right, women like murder podcasts. But your wife passed away, right? She did. Not suspicious circumstances. <laughs> no, no suspicious circumstances. I just want to make sure. But cause... if anyone can make someone disappear uh, I, without... Su- it's a woman. <laughs> I, I was actually in jail... The night oh, before dear. she died. Spill the tea. <sighs> <laughs> my you guess brought is it she, up. <laughs> my guess is she was drunk and did something stupid. No. Oh. So because of her physical state and mental state, she had been on Ativan. And she had been taking that. And when we tried to get her a refill, even through Walmart, she had been getting her refills through Walmart for several months but then after i after she got kicked out of my family situation and i had to find her a single room down here so that i could be close to her while i was working at home depot and living on my parents sofa i was still paying for a room for my wife and she i got her the place i got her moved in and by the end of the week, she was out of her prescription, and me, in my, you know, I was using logic, I have some clonopin from last year that I was prescribed, and I thought, it's a close cousin, maybe we can just help her ride it out. It sent her totally sideways. I have oh, the man. scars from that whole exchange. It was to the point where her new roommates, they only knew her a week, had called the cops saying that I was being violent and it was a domestic abuse case. And so I got carted off in handcuffs (laughs) and didn't get to say goodbye, didn't get to say I love you, nothing. But did it. (laughs) And from... You know, getting bailed out by my parents and going and being back at their place after an order of no contact, even though I'm responsible for all of her care, her prescriptions, for her living expenses, for absolutely everything, I am not supposed to contact this person at all. And within a day and a half, she was gone. Oh, my gosh. People think they're being so helpful sometimes. I mean, yeah, it's just... There's just an assumption there. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, of course there is. But it's... But it it wasn't me going nuts. No, no. I mean, clearly, clearly. That's uh, that's too bad. That's tough. from the roommates. That's tough. I mean, holy shit. <laughs> like, e- even not being who you are going through all of that is just... That's absurd. Like, that anyone has had to go through all of those things. I mean... You, and at the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then, once she passed, though, you were able to recenter yourself. Well, re- so she passed the week before our anniversary. I held the memorial on our anniversary, May 23rd. It, when we got married, I'm big on numerology. And so when we got married, it was 5-23-2003 at 2.30. <laughs> but... I held the memorial on our anniversary and she was cremated and, you know, I held my own service or her family did their thing. And from there it was just, okay, ta, I see you around, I guess. Time to move on. Time to move on. And I've just been my own wombat ever since. Wow. What is what an amazing story. <laughs> that's a that's a wild one for sure. That's crazy. And you wouldn't know any of this just looking so, at her talking to her either. Did I remember you saying you were coming to the realization of how you wanted to look to the world mm-hmm. before she passed, right? Correct. So during this time, were you male presenting or female presenting? So up until, well... Up until about June of 2016, I was still male presenting. I mean, in January of 2016, I had my head straight razor shaved, and I had a goatee. And from March, I shaved the beard and was trying to be more femme presenting, I guess. But really, I was just... Just trying to be less... Just trying to be less masculine. Yeah. I was getting my nails done, and I always matched my shirts to <laughs> the gelac that I had on my nails. But um, for the most part, I was just trying to be me and figure out where I actually fell in the whole scheme of things. I mostly just asked because it is kind of an assumption when you see two people fighting that it's the man's fault Mm -hmm. if when you are doing that, if people were making an assumption based on just how you looked at the time, Mm -hmm. if you just didn't look right to them, Mm -hmm. which is my guess just from what you're describing, it may not even have been that you looked super masculine, Well, but you just did it. You looked like you should be the perpetrator as opposed to even at that point in a couple of times that I hung out over at her new place, you know, I was in a dress, I was being fab and it still, but you just didn't, but I didn't quite fit that ultra femme mode that was going to say not threatening. Right. Right. That, that, and that's really the reason I asked, because I was kind of making the assumption in my head, and I thought, I'm just going to ask instead of make the assumption in my head. But that's kind of what I was going for when I was like, I'm sure there was... Who looks the biggest and scariest, basically? It, it, or just who doesn't look right? Mm-hmm. And Like, I, you may not have looked the biggest and the scariest, because she may have uh, been stark uh, uh, raving, right? But you didn't look the way that they needed you to look to be the safe person or the person in the right or the person trying to help or whatever. You just, you were the outside person. Mm -hmm. 
that that's just more what I I was just getting it straight in my head. Mm-hmm. So. Well, thanks so much for talking with us. Mm-hmm. Especially answering that that was a per- really personal. That was a really deep dive there. Oh, I, like I said, I'm an open door. <laughs> I mean, it's That's good. Why we had her on. It's good. To, yeah, you know, it's she good had a good hear, story. It's good to hear those those types of things. How can people get a hold of you if they want some some uh, you know Reiki stuff done, or if they want guidance in in terms of herbology, or to buy some of your tinctures or or that sort of thing? So with the with the cooperative, it's still sort of in its infancy phase because in order to get everything that I want to have happen, it does require memberships because it's all about the buy-in in order to get the product that I want to have available. But right now, I'm most concerned with locating the an appropriate space. I need an industrial kitchen. I need you know even a little cafe area. I need some office space. And so that's really what I'm working towards. But if anybody wants to get a hold of me, they can always just reach out to quantumlifestyling at gmail.com. And I'm also available. I do have a Facebook page with Quantum Lifestyling, and I can be contacted there. Well, excellent. i got one more question for you. You're a Utah native, and you've lived here your whole life pretty much, except for maybe when you were down in the Grand Canyon. Um <laughs> What? She wasn't literally inside living down <laughs> I mean, she, in North, North Rim. Yeah, but if you work at the Grand Canyon, you, you don't live there. you don't live in Utah typically. <laughs> it's it's close, but it's not that close. <laughs> um, what is the most interesting or unique thing that you've discovered about Utah in all of your time here? Hmm. There is an energy here that keeps me here. Because I know I'm not meant to be here forever, but for whatever reason, I have just stuck to the energy here because there's something greater going on that I can't quite explain. All right. I like that. It's a, it's a good answer. Um, and it was quick. It's like you thought about the question before uh, before we asked it. <laughs> not everyone does. Um, well, great. Uh, again, thanks for joining us. It's It's definitely been a pleasure. Uh, if- thanks for having me. Do you want to, Julia, Julia, do you want to do the oracle card? card. So every week we do an oracle card. They're kind of funny oracle cards, but they... They're very serious. They're not funny. All right, you're going to pick a card, and you're going to read the side with the circle, and then you're going to read the back. They always seem to be appropriate for someone (laughs) in the room. So you read it into the mic. Shame, regret, and guilt. Those are just bullshit. Forgive... Let that shit go. See? 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 Like, right on. Every time. The cards have spoken. I, I love astrology. Shame and is bullshit. And that kind of stuff. <laughs> you, you can make it apply boo-boo. to everything. Uh, if you like what you heard, please share the episode. That's what helps us more than anything. You can follow us out on social medias at TNU Podcast. And go to our website, hotdog-water.com <laughs> or... Uh, or the new Utah.com. Either one of them is going to take you to the same place. Uh, they're both, uh, they're both great. Um, and we don't put up blogs <laughs> anymore. We're running an experiment. Brie was commenting yesterday on how she misses I writing I kind of miss them. I mean, I don't miss writing them necessarily, but I miss going there and looking back and seeing the, the pictures and yeah. We've so, got our, we've got our Utah adventure coming up. So stay tuned for that. Oh, that's true. That's next week. Huh? Yep. Yeah. Jeez. Time flies. Uh, yeah. Hopefully you guys have a, a great, uh, rest of your September. Please, uh, go visit some haunted houses for sure. Uh, I think you guys will enjoy those. Bye. Boo.